welcome to episode 10 of Q&A Quest. Um, episode 10, right? Yeah. Okay, yes. We have you reached... Have baby problems, I feel bad for you, son. Yes. We have reached double digits, which I guess means it was time for me to have another baby. Yeah, as is, as is the tradition, I'm looking forward to us reaching triple digits and you having a third. Oh, God, no. No, 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 Let's... no. No. No, two... <laughs> Two is a good number. I like the number two. Eight is enough. No. No. <laughs> no. Just, uh, that's, I'm Mike Apps, aka Wheels, and with me is <coughs> um, my permanent, apparently, prodding into having eight children <laughs> co-host. Hey, you could be on one of those reality TV shows oh and boy. watch your life and oh family boy. fall apart. Wheels plus eight. Oh, <laughs> yes. uh, let's not do that. Yes, let's, okay. Uh, okay. But yeah, uh, I'm David McBurney, FVM, whatever you prefer to call me. I'll answer to most names, including Jackass, so whatever. All right, Jackass. Shall we get this thing started? Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I'm going to play some Robot Wars while you start things. Sweet. All right, so... <laughs> I, I might what... actually be playing Robot Wars. Is... Uh, <laughs> um... Do I do the guidance scenario? I think you do. I don't know what that is, but it's yes. It's just a tutorial, bro. Oh, okay. Um, you probably don't need to do that then. Uh, Alright, so why don't we just jump into our first questions. So, these are from a tech side. Yeah, tech side. He had some good questions, so yeah. I pulled them right out. I think it's been a while since we've heard from him. So, let's see here. Just... Let's begin. First off... What's your favorite Dragon Quest in the little semi-trilogies they have? So your favorite of 1, 2, and 3, 4, 5, and 6, and I suppose we'll tie, uh, lie to ourselves and pretend 7, 8, and, eight and 9 and are, all, are also a trilogy. <laughs> Even though I don't think they really are. No. Uh, actually, 8 obliquely references 1, 2, and 3, so... If it's anywhere, it's a strange guide into those. Yeah. It's weird, but that's okay. We'll just go. We'll just go with this. Yeah, we'll just lump them into trilogies. Yeah. So as far as the first three, um, I would have. Three. To, yeah, three. <laughs> it's it's not really much of a contest. Yeah. Like unless you're wanting something real breezy, I, I could never really see myself picking two, because it's just archaic enough, uh, but just ambitious enough to be this unhappy medium. Of, yeah. Yeah. Uh. Of the, I'm trying. I don't know if this uh, trilogy has a special name. Like I know that four, five, and six are usually called the Zenithian trilogy, but yeah, it's it's three. Yeah, for sure. Three, which Final Fantasy would go on to brashly knock off for its uh, idea of <laughs> drop system. <laughs> well, it, it all worked out in the end. Yeah, I no, they, it it evolved it, but like initially, it's just kind of like this yeah. really weird. Like, what if we just took the job system from Dragon Quest Three, except you just got new jobs as part of the story, and you stopped using old ones because they were garbage? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's really no contest here. Yeah, it's it's three. 
It's yeah. it's the one you can go back and still play. And as far as I know, it might actually still be outside of one other, the nostalgic favorite in Japan, which is why games like Nine pattern them pattern themselves after it so heavily. Makes sense. Explain why why Nine did so well too. Yeah. Well, that and being on the DS in yeah, Japan. Yeah, that so. too. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, but moving on to the possibly more of a debate. Zenithia. Oh, for sure. Um, and part of this is because I'm a filthy jerk who haven't really played one of these. I, I haven't played much of 6 either. I haven't played much of 5. What? Yeah. Okay, ju just for the record, that was entirely unrehearsed. I assumed he had played it. <laughs> I'm going to go kill him now. Uh, it's I've... like the gem of the franchise, bro. I know. Like, what is wrong with you? I have no idea. Because I, 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 I've played six. I'm so angry at you right now. <laughs> I mean, I have it. I have two different versions of it. I know, that's why it. it's inexcusable. Like, if you were saying, oh, I, I wasn't able to pick it up when it was new, and, like, now it's super rare. Like, I would have been like, oh, well, I guess I can understand that. But you own it! Can we rewind and let me just use that excuse? No, because you already <laughs> admitted that it doesn't work, and you already said we aren't cutting things. This is true. <laughs> So a lot of Dragon Quest came out at once, and I couldn't. They're finish about them a off. year apart, bro. All right, um, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. I was saving it, and I didn't never got to it. Yeah, you know, it's just like when I found out that you would still never played Skies of Arcadia. And like I still have Like you take haven't. these amazing top tier RPGs, and you just don't play them. I'm saving it for a rainy day. Like, even I eventually got around to FF6. You don't get to complain. Saving for a rainy day. Yeah, that rainy day that's totally going to happen, where it rains children and you just have time. <laughs> well, it rained yesterday, so I guess uh, I guess it's time. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get to that. So, um, it's definitely not 6. Even if you like six, it's not six. Let's be honest. Yeah, six is six is not. Like six is a very like the most mediocre feeling Dragon Quest. Yeah, I I don't I would never call it bad or anything. I enjoyed yeah, it. It's just, just yeah, like it's, it's surrounded best. by better games. Yeah, I, I'd probably make the argument that the time that Heartbeat spent as the background, like the developer for Dragon Quest, is kind of a low point for the series. But... Yeah. Um, you know, as I, I don't mind the DS version at all, but I feel like what I've played of uh, in, through emulation, the original version, I kind of like the look and feel of that a little better. Yeah, well, it was a very pretty SNES game. Yeah, I, I feel like something. The one thing that probably made it a little new, unique was lost in translation there, but you know. What are you going to do? Like I said, not like the DS version looks bad or anything. Uh, but yeah, so 5 is apparently really awesome. So uh, that would probably be the winner. But I also really love 4. But I guess it kind of depends on if we can use the remake or it has to have to be the original. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I like 4 a lot, but... The biggest problem I have with it is that you are doing the first part of a Dragon Quest four times in a row, and that's the grindy part. Yeah. 
Let's just go, let's just say five. I'm gonna say five. Like like five is five is like if you put a gun to my head, my choice is going to be between five and eight for favorite Dragon Quest. Sounds about so right. So I guess I just spoiled <laughs> my next choice. But yeah, no, five's amazing. Wheels, you're a heathen for not having played it yet. Well, well, I guess I'm going to get to that soon, or I'm never going to hear yeah, the end seriously. of it. Um, so yeah, let's go to seven, eight, nine, because um, those are some interesting games. Uh, yeah, I, they're very different games. Yes, uh, seven is the tough one because. Um, the remake is really, really nice, but I've only played it in Japanese, so it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard for me to pick that one when I haven't had the full experience. Um, eight is awesome, but I'm gonna have to go with nine to be perfectly honest. So, so like here's here's my issue. I like character-driven games. Mm-hmm. Nine has very few characters that really stick with it throughout the entire time. I could I could perfectly understand that. For me, nine, I just like nine is a mechanically much better game than eight. Yeah, I, I I think that's what it does for me, and I I do like. So uh, like I can totally understand <laughs> being preferred. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I like character driven experiences, and I really love like tech did a lot to eight for me because it made it like it was the most pure abstraction of the idea of what if we just took a really old rpg and made it with the most modern tech imaginable Mm. and that and that spoke to me a lot like that was really important to me so that's the other thing (laughs) there's a lot to like about that game because it uh it still feels like a classic dragon quest but it looks like a very modern game, like very, like it still looks really good. It, well, it was, it was had such it had such excellent art design. <laughs> it, it did, and um, like I, I feel like we'd probably have Dragon Quest Seven in this conversation if we were talking about the 3D version. Yeah, but the PS One version, it's just like I've never finished it. I've never even come close. Yeah, and it's like hard, it's hard to blame me because it's so problematic. It's so long and yeah. like it's oftentimes really user unfriendly. Yeah. And it just takes so long to get to the meat of the game. Like, how long yeah, does like, it take to get to the damn the, the, system? The, the, the infamous uh, thing about the Dharma Temple is that it takes like 30 hours to get there. Yeah. Like, people, like, <laughs> developers on the PS1 had this obsession with trumpeting how long their games were. <laughs> And like that that's never completely left, but like you used to see this all the time on the back of the box, like a hundred hours of playtime. Yeah. Dragon Quest Seven is the only one that wasn't lying. Yeah, it was certainly not lying. Like a hundred hours of compulsory playtime. <laughs> like if you want to see this from beginning to end, you're going to be there that long. Yeah. And I I guess the remake does a lot to cut that down. Like I can't I I think I saw somebody Well, well fortunately it's the the of the shard radar, so you aren't just dicking around yeah. looking for shards. Oh, maybe it's here. Who knows? I'm pretty sure I saw somebody finish it in like under 50 hours. Maybe been just over 50 hours, but a lot less. Yeah. Like, uh, they they realized what was wrong. Yeah. So that one would definitely be in the conversation, I think. But but, uh, but <laughs> I, seven as it was originally released is kind of hard to really bring up. Yeah, and I think you're pretty much right here as far as 8 and 9 go. 
go is going to have a lot to do with preference. Like, what what did you want out of the game? Did yeah. you want something that had like a lot of like had some real character building that you could really put your sink your teeth into in terms of mechanics, or did you want you know characters that you could listen to and talk about? Right. <laughs> Which and, do you prefer? That's probably the one you'll yeah, like better. And, and both do, I would say, a fantastic job at each of those things. So. Yeah, like they're they're very focused <laughs> designs. Yeah. So, like pick your poison. They're both excellent at what they're trying to do. Yep. And both, um, I would say, have a lot of good story elements to them still. Just uh, obviously, Nines is not like character driven. It's, it's all yeah, it's little plot stories. Driven. Right. Right. They're, so they're, you, you go through little vignettes of plot lines and then you move on. But uh, those these are really two really, really good games that I would recommend to anyone who hasn't played them. Yeah. I mean, like. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get to play the 3D <laughs> version because, as mentioned, like Dragon Quest VIII is very character-driven, and the 3DS version adds two amazing, great NPCs that weren't playable in the original that will now be playable. Oh, man. Oh. I hope that comes out here. It's got a most. It's got a at least. There's a full translation of the original version, so. Yeah. Plus, yeah. they've rubbed in the voice actors anyway. Yep. And plus, uh, they've already reused that translation for the uh, iOS version, so it wouldn't be unprecedented. Yeah. They even added in new bits of voice acting to say, here's how the new tutorial works. <laughs> oh, man. I want that on my 3DS. So, yeah. But, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> we, we basically uh, run the course of this. Uh, my personal favorites in to in summation are five and eight, but that's you know very reflective of my personality. Uh, five and eight are both very character driven. Yeah, um, I think Wheels from the Future would come back and say that uh, five is awesome. Yeah, I'm just, uh, gonna, I'm just gonna assume that's gonna be my reaction. Yeah, five, five uh, <laughs> DS was also nice because since the game is generational and thus has you get married, it added a third bride. Nice. So that was. Nice touch. All right, so I think we have another question related to Dragon Quest. Included. Yeah, like like all of these are, well, two thirds of these are Dragon Quest related. These are all uh, the the tech side block. Yeah. Um, but the second one is, it appears in other RPGs, but it's a Dragon Quest staple. Uh, the second question was, do casinos in Japanese RPGs, looking at you, Dragon Quest, but plenty of others <laughs> too, work, or is it just frustration only mildly redeemed by the ability to save scum for goodies? My response to this would be that what little I have ever heard about Yuji Hori as a person is that he's a compulsive gambler, <laughs> and that should tell you everything you need to know about... Uh, <laughs> about why Dragon Quest always has a casino and always locks good equipment behind it. So is this why he's still making games? Because is he, like, horrendously in gambling debt or something? Uh, he's 61. He's almost to retirement age, but... <laughs> beyond that, there's the fact that, uh, you know, he's Japanese. They, they don't retire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> but... Uh, but but more importantly, it's just like, I, I feel like he could probably leave if he wanted to, but I would imagine he has a good time doing what he does. Yeah. Um, like, he in, he essentially invented the Japanese adventure game. He in, essentially godfathered the Japanese RPG. Like, 
he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And at this point, <laughs> but, if he's still making them, there's got to be some level of, enjoy- of enjoyment there. Yeah. But but moving on, like it, uh, I I don't like gambling in an RPG because the very concept of gambling sort of requires the adrenaline of the possibility of losing something, and that doesn't really exist in an RPG. Yeah. But beyond that, like it's you know it's it's tedious. People always find a way to gimmick the odds in their favor. There's an immensely complicated uh, roulette betting scheme in Dragon Quest VIII that almost always yields uh, really high numbers, and it involves betting on nearly everything on the table, but the, like, <laughs> way that the bets scale out, like, you'll always earn more than you <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's... Like, it's something that I just sort of accept, because eh, it's dumb, but, you know... Like, if I don't want that equipment, I don't have to get it. I'll get through the game just fine without my liquid metal armor or king metal sword. <laughs> you got any opinions? Uh, not really. I've always found them kind of boring. Like, some of them have... For me, if there's, like, interesting gambling-type games you could play, like if they have a decent version of poker or a fun version of blackjack or something like that, for me, it's just, like, a fun distraction then I'd be interested in it, but I don't think... I think you're right. I don't think gambling really works in an RPG. It doesn't really work when there's nothing at stake. Yeah. Like, the thrill of gambling is that (laughs) you're putting something at stake and you might get something real in return. Yeah, so it's kind of just a meaningless distraction. And I've never found the Dragon Quest ones in particular to be all that interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know... I'm sure it appeals to someone. It never seems to cause them too much issue. So yeah. I don't really. It doesn't really bother me. I don't need that equipment that bad. If I do, I save scum for like half an hour and then I'm done. <laughs> yeah, but I think there's more interesting uh, mini games you can make like that. Uh, yeah, well, there's always more interesting side content in there anyway. So. Like that uh, curling, slime curling oh, game slime they put into curling. which which uh, Dragon Quest think, did they I put think that that's into? Six. It's the best thing about six <laughs> but yeah that was uh but yeah like Dra- dragon quest was never huge on ancillary mini games to begin with anyway yeah certainly never to the degree that uh, final fantasy would often be no especially it's you know as the two progressed but yeah it's uh you know it's not really my jam whatever yeah. <laughs> It's all good. As long as you don't lock anything important behind a casino, I'm fine. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So. Cool. <laughs> uh, got one no, more. not Voltorb. <coughs> uh, Portland's. <laughs> all right. So I think we got one more from TechSide. Yeah. The, the third part of his question should be fairly quick. Then let's ta- third. Let's talk music. Is the Chocobo theme or Battle on the Bit? The Big Bridge, the better classic FF song. It's the Chocobo theme, I'm sorry. <laughs> mm, Alright. I really like... We're almost ready to get in the fight and die I on that. I really hit. like Battle on the Big Bridge, but yeah. Uh, the Chocobo theme's a staple, and there's been some really fun versions of it, so I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Especially the crazy one from... Uh, which one was that? Was that from 13.2? Like the crazy uh, the, heavy metal version. The like crazy heavy metal version. Yeah, that's from thirteen two. Okay, yeah, that that game had a good soundtrack and nothing else. 
<laughs> but yeah, like I, I like Battle on the Big Bridge. I like, but like, it, you know, there there's a certain thing to be said for being iconic. And while I do like Battle on the Big Bridge, when someone mentions it, it takes a few seconds for my brain to like boot up. Oh, that's yeah, that's yeah. Dead song as opposed to <laughs> choke theme which is just like da 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 like going through my head any given moment yeah so yeah alright on to the next question or set of questions as the case may end up being yes oh some questions from our good friend lol whoops yeah he he tweeted at you which is nice so this is an interesting one Nintendo and Square Enix need to make a Dragon Quest X... I'm sorry, Dragon Quest Cross Fire Emblem? Would that be the correct, <laughs> correct pronunciation? Since the since the object in question doesn't exist, you can't actually be wrong. Okay, that is that is very true. Uh, so I'm going to go with Dragon Quest X Fire Emblem. <laughs> Strategy RPG. <laughs> How do we make them do it? Um... It's not that hard, really, because class change and job change and... Uh, Dragon Quest and Fire Emblem don't work that differently. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you just increase the, uh... You increase the complexity of the class change system in Fire Emblem, and you basically have the ja Dragon Quest job system. Yeah, pretty much. I think it'd be a pretty easy game to make. It's just a question of how do you make those two work together, and I don't... Well, like, don't if you're know. starting with the assumption that you're making a strategy RPG, it's not that hard. Sure. But I think his question is really, how do we make these companies actually do it? Uh, we send some sort of letter writing campaign? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what kind of relationship they have right now. Obviously, Nintendo is... Nintendo oh. and Square Enix clearly have a pretty good one, because, yeah. I mean, Nintendo publishes any RPG they aren't confident in. So... Yeah. Um, Nintendo published Dragon Quest for a while, and they helped make Dra Dragon Quest Nine a big success in the West, so... They sort of helped make Bravely Default a thing that could exist in the West? Yep. Uh, so, I, I mean, the possibility is there. I just don't... You know, I don't know. Like, like it would... it would. I could see it happening in Japan if... Like Gen Ibinoku happens, then, then again we would run into the issue of there's a good chance we don't get this. Yeah, it'd be a very good chance, I would say. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo might do it. It's like a well, Fire Emblem's still like a bigger success than we expect in America. Here's <laughs> Fire Emblem Cross Dragon Quest. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> you would think that we'd be able to at least get Theater Rhythm Dragon Quest, but maybe getting Yuzo. Kashiro to license his tracks for the U.S. is difficult. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not certain that that even did well in, in Japan. I would have thought it would have done gangbusters. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I'm just going by the crazy cheap sale PlayAsia had on it, but that's that's not necessarily the best indicator. Yeah, well, PlayAsia, you know, oftentimes has uh, good prices. So. Yeah, it's just that it just came out and it was. A fourteen dollar yeah. sale. Oh heavens! Yeah, it was uh, like super cheap. It was like it was the best selling 3ds game in its first week. All right, so it it didn't do poorly then. It, I can't imagine it bombed. It might have underperformed, but it maybe, I don't think it bombed. I mean, maybe it was just an unpopular import. 
Yeah. That, that could also be the case. Like, Plasia stocks it, and then it's like, who's buying this? Yeah, and to be honest, I think uh, 3DS imports are generally not super expensive just because of, you need obviously you need a Japanese yeah, 3DS. Yeah. So. That, that just made me think I was about to go to Flasia and say, hmm, is this still $14? And I remembered, oh, wait, I can't play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we're probably getting far afield of this question now. Um, yeah, but basically, uh, it might happen. I could see it happening if, like, Nintendo wants to make sure that there's third-party support on their next system, as they often try to. They'll try to convince third parties to do it by partnering up with them. So Yeah. Um, probably theoretically possible. Probably a harder sell than working with Atlas, but it's not it's not impossible. Wouldn't really call it a hard sell. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they they they've got like the well, sorry, what am I saying? They did the uh, Fortune Street mashup with Mario and Dragon. Yeah, Quest, yeah, so they've done they've done Fortune of. Street plus Mario's. Yeah, so they, they've, they've, they're weirder things have happened. Yeah. is how I would. Put it. Yeah. And mechanically, it's not a hard uh, crossing. <laughs> no. Uh, so, um, hopefully, uh, I don't know, maybe it'll happen. It'd be cool if they announced it after the show goes up. Uh, but <laughs> That would be terrifyingly predictive. Yes. And I don't think we've had terrifying predictive power, so it's yeah. probably, probably never going to happen. <laughs> uh, all right. Do we have to do this next one? I don't, we do. I don't really know how to answer this. <laughs> Would you play a Neptunia-style game that switches to the opposite demographic? Like, from female to male characters. Yeah. My response is that probably not. Yeah. My, my fundamental issue is more that I just don't think they're funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, the whatever, like, demographic it is trying to... Like, like, assuming we're talking about the opposite in terms of, like, otaku-dumb demographic, like, still aimed at otaku, but male or female otaku, like, it it, it doesn't matter because I don't think they're funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, would I play it? Yes, I, I guess, because something happened to my brain that I'm actually enjoying the remakes on Vita, I guess, but... Oh, Summon Knight. <laughs> uh, I don't think they're... They'd be any different, to be honest. They, other they, than they the obvious, be, like barring the obvious, like what, uh, who and what would be sexualized. No, they probably wouldn't be much different. Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, they're just not for me. Yeah. Like, so I came to that conclusion when the concept uh, of Neptunia was first announced, and I was like, "This sounds like it was made by crazed, very sad Sega fans." And then, <laughs> I actually watched some of the games, and I was like, yeah, this isn't very funny. I don't think I want to be involved. Yeah, playing a third one makes it especially obvious, because you go to some alternate dimension, where, which is a very obvious reference to the early console wars, where Sega is just establishing itself. It's like, oh, and it, this obvious Nintendo reference used to be the only nation, and now we're starting up a new one. And the, the Sony character is definitely desperately search, searching for the thing that will let them become the god and a, a god or whatever the heck they're that's CPU crazy. and start their own nation it's like okay this is, this is maybe a little too obvious it, the, like to tangent for just a moment I, I do feel like it's weird that 
like half of Sega's business endeavors in Japan are attempts to cultivate nostalgia for consoles that didn't sell well in Japan. <laughs> it's like you've got Neptunia, which I guess they probably aren't technically involved with anymore, but it, like they certainly were the publisher of the first one. Uh, you've got Sega Hard Girls. You've got there's a, at least one other one that I'm forgetting that are all like, man, wasn't old Sega systems great? Don't you miss those? Sega. What if they were high school girls, and also there was somehow both a Mega Drive and a Genesis, and the Genesis was an arrogant American girl? (laughs) I'm not even joking. That's real. Sega. Yeah, it's it's a strange way to use resources, but I guess it's uh, due to the general shift in attitude at Sega that they are someone that still produces new games but it's also more of a license, managing old license and brands concept. <laughs> oh, Sega. Oh, well. So, yeah. Hey, speaking of Sega, they just announced another seventh dragon we won't get. Oh, you don't know that. You shut up. <laughs> I know it. Oh, and yeah. So the weird thing of that one is it's, it's what is it? I think. It's Seventh Dragon Three. <laughs> okay, I was trying to remember if they were called it Seventh Dragon Three or Seventh Dragon Third. So my initial thought was like, oh, okay, so they're kind of bunching up twenty twenty one and two, and then I look at it in the aesthetics, and it's like, oh no, they're just, it's just twenty twenty three without the twenty twenty in the name. Yeah, that's. I guess twenty twenty did markedly better than original. I, it's the only thing I can guess. Well, it did come out in the super piracy days, so. Yeah, uh, of the man. DS, I mean, so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. <coughs> uh, Rip yeah. Seven Dragon. Uh, All right. Yeah. So I guess this next question, I'm pretty much gonna have to answer. Yeah, this is entirely your question because, yes. well, I like the occasional first-person dungeon crawler. I don't care hard enough that I'm starved enough <laughs> that I need one on Vita. All right. So it's what three or four first-person dungeon crawlers, dungeon crawler RPGs, do you recommend on Vita? Um, so obviously there are a decent number of those at this point, especially if we include some PSP games. Um, I think the first one I guess I would have to recommend is Demon Gaze, um, which I think if you go back and read my review, I, I definitely had some issues with, especially along the terms of balance. Uh, but it's... It's like you seem to come away ultimately uh positive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's got super quick battles. Uh it's challenging. There's a lot to mess around with as far as different character classes and stuff. So, you know, it was it was definitely not awful. And definitely <laughs> That's a ringing endorsement. Not, definitely okay. not awful. It was good. It was good. <laughs> It'd be better if I to say it was good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> beyond that, I'm trying to think. I'm like drawing a blank. Beyond that, um, I feel like there are definitely more, and I'm just like, um, what the heck else came out <laughs> for Vita? That was, um, I mean, go back and play the original Persona. Not that I would... Don't do not do that. Yeah. You know what? Don't do that. Uh, there were some other VSP ones you can think of, right? Gotta have at least... You can, you just, 
you're just going to end up importing King's Quest Additional, and I'm going to sigh. You mean King's Field Additional? Yeah, King's Field Additional. I can't believe that was the name they gave it, King's Field Additional. <laughs> Which somehow turned King's Field into Wizardry. Yes. Oh, wait, there's some actual Wizardry games for PSP. Yes, there are. Why am so I if you're going to move into P PSP imports... Uh... Yeah. Uh, there is Elmenage Original, which was released digitally for PSP, which you should absolutely 100% not play. Yeah, I was going to say, is that something you warn people against? Yeah. There's old school uh, being smart about it, and there's old school... There's Elmenage Original. Yes, and do not play that game. Unless... Uh, and like the... the thing is that... The only, I, I can't even think of any other first-person dungeon crawlers for Vita specifically. Yeah. Was, was Criminal Girl first-person game? Please tell me. It I was, don't have to bring it up. It was not. Don't okay, worry. good. Then I don't even have to pretend to recommend <laughs> it. Um, There's Operation Abyss, which is made, I believe, by the same developers as Demon Gaze, and I've heard some good things about... Um... <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of yeah, drawing blank beyond that. Like, there's there's not a lot of them. Uh, I'm trying to find something, anything. It's not happening. There was the one for PSP, which also came in on 3DS. That uh... Unchained Blades. Yeah, Unchained Blades. Uh, Class of Heroes. Oh yeah, Class of Heroes. Meh. Yeah, like generally, I heard meh. But, you know, it happened if you really need first-person dungeon crawling on your PSP too slash Vita. Too much wizard, wizard, wizardry-ish for my taste. <laughs> too old wizardry. Yeah, and the uh, second one was much better. Yeah, I remember you waiting for like a year for that physical copy to come. Oh, that yeah. Uh, well, yeah. That took a while. It did. That classic working designs flair. Um... <laughs> But, yeah, there's, there's just not much on there. Like, it'd be hard to say, like, a genre that there's an absolute abundance of on Vita. The only one I could think of is Monster Hunter-style games. And there's really not even a, a lot of those. There's about five of them, which yeah. is probably more than a person needs, so... But less than there was on Vita. Oh, on PSP, you mean? Uh, yeah, uh, yes. Yes. What the? F work with me, brain. Work with me. But yeah, like it's it's enough that you <coughs> aren't like desperate enough for that type of experience that you have to just settle. Like you can have your pick of the ones that are good. So yeah, I mean, if... even though you can't have Monster Hunter itself, it's still like that's just kind of the tragedy of another supported platform. Is that it's like if the representative representatives of a genre on it aren't terribly good you don't really have a choice yeah I mean, like there's no there's no Etrian games uh, there's no proper wizardries you're just sort of left with whatever came out you can play Moe Chronicle that's not real that is a game from Idea Factory that is a first person dungeon crawler oh I never have thought it came from Idea Factory <laughs> Are you sure it's not Moero Chronicle? I'm pretty sure. Oh my gosh. Moe. It's like, Moero is a word rather than neologism in Japanese. Mm. 
No, Moe Chronicle is exactly what you would imagine it to be. Yeah, oh, yeah, apparently, I'm just looking this up, apparently it's related to Monster Monpiece. Okay, I'm going to go over here now. Yep. Um, yeah, there's, it's, it's slim pickings. You're going to have to di dip into the... Uh, yeah. PSP market if you want any. There's I, some there. I feel like I'm forgetting one, but I don't feel like getting up and actually going to look at my Vita games. But I feel like I'm missing something. You're just something. so indescribably lazy. Yeah, you know what? Here, talk to them for a minute. I'll be uh, right back. So how's it going, guys? I've been giving Wheels a hard time today, but I shouldn't be. He's a good guy. We just we had some we had some trouble getting this uh, timing right, but you know we've been working at it. And also, I was really tempted to just actually play Super Robot Wars Z three throughout this entire podcast, but I've decided to devote my entire attention to the podcast. To my regret, given that uh, well, I don't have anything more to say. I could have been talking about robots. None of you would have known. Well, you would have known, but don't I screwed this up. <sighs> I wonder if he's even at his shelf. He might have just gone to get a drink. That's what he gets for leaving the audio rolling. Oh man, I'm really glad he wasn't here to hear the rolling. Alright, nope, there are no other ones. At least in my collection, so... <laughs> you're, you're keenly aware of whether there were other ones. <laughs> I, I actually successfully <laughs> rambled throughout that entire bit, and I personally request that you chop out none of it. Excellent. Alright, so why don't we move on? Uh, yeah. So, the answer the answer to Low Whoops is Demon Gaze and Operation Whatever Abyss. Whatever CSP ones you happen to be fond of. Yeah, uh, and of course that won't be helpful at all because I know he, or at least I'm pretty sure he played both of those, so. Yeah, there's, there you go. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing with finding hidden gems on an undersupported console is it's like. If there were only like a, if there were only like a couple hundred games, you probably heard all of, about all of them. Yeah. So yeah, wish I could say more. All right. So, what do we got next? Got a couple Budai questions. All right. The first one is: I have a reputation upkeep around here as someone who likes games no one else does. Hey, I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> I always liked Seven Saga and Paladin's Quest. Both aren't held to high regard. What do you think of those two games? Other than the Saga games, what are some others that you both enjoy that feel have gotten the worst rap? I, this is a pretty good question, although... Yeah, this, this is a very much us question. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I feel bad, because I was actually going to save this question for a week or so, and then tool around with Paladin's Quest and Seven Saga <laughs> to see whether I could find something to appreciate about them or not. Yeah, I someone actually recommended Paladin's Quest to me a while ago, and I randomly I came across that. it in a retro shop. So I do have it, and... So of I course have you have it. it. So, <laughs> so I, sh I, I think we should hold our response to those... To the to first th half of that question. Yes. So, so we'll talk about some un games we think are underappreciated, and we'll come back at a later date to Seven Saga. Yeah, so, so Budai, you, you have us over a barrel. You have the right to get testy with us if we don't answer, if we don't update on this in a few episodes. Yes. All right, so we can. Do, there's definitely some answers to the other one. I'm just going to go with one that I reviewed all, not all that long ago, which would be Natural Doctrine. 
Oh man, you love that game, and some yes. people felt you crazy for it. <laughs> yes. I love that game enough to get a platinum, which required me playing like 150 multiplayer games or so. Yeah, I remember listening you to listening to you doing that while yelling at you to play something I don't even remember that I was wanting you to play. <laughs> you were like, "No, I gotta play Natural Doctrine. I gotta no. get this platinum." No, and I had a lot of fun because I like yeah, no, a- you... absolutely dominated the multiplayer in that. People didn't seem to. No tricks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that was Natural Doctrine was a really hard uh, turn-based strategy game um, that had a weird like turn manipulation manipulation system that I didn't even fully understand until I completed my first playthrough. So yeah. it, it's really a case of an obtuse system um, that I could certainly understand lots of people not getting. So. I think in a, a lot of games of this type, that's kind of the issue. Like, it's a hard game to approach and f- figure out and learn, and that's kind of the yeah, reason it has a, a bad rap. A, lo- a lot of or, games Yeah, like, like it, it's an understandable thing, because, like, if, if the game can't ease you through the learning curve for long enough for the game to become fun on its own terms, like, it's understandable that people just wouldn't ever really understand why it was supposed to be fun. Yeah. But... So do you have a good one? I'm trying to think, and everything I'm thinking of isn't an RPG is the problem. <laughs> well, that's okay. Just pull up something that's not an RPG. I mean... So, like, the first thing that came into my mind was that I'm a gigantic fan of Killer7. Mm. Which was Suda51's avant-garde action uh, madness simulator uh, for PS2 and GameCube that I think is absolutely brilliant in every way. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I'm not even kidding when I say that, like, between the, that game by itself would be enough for me to consider, consider Suda51 to be something of a genius. So, and then that's a tall order to make because even as a fan of it, I can understand that it's not terribly fun to play. <laughs> but, like, in, in terms of... Our, Trying to like, I'm a big fan of Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, though that game's uh, reputation has largely recovered. Um, yeah, I think that that has had a surprising recovery. There, there was a time where saying that you liked Mystic Quest was basically saying that you know you didn't understand RPGs and where exactly <laughs> Mystic Quest was aimed at. Yeah. But, well, I guess a lot of people had their parents accidentally rent that instead of Final Fantasy IV back in the day. Maybe I wasn't alone. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also that, like, once you get over the fact that it's kind of insulting that it exists at all, uh, it's, you know, it's there's nothing wrong with the way that it's made, and it's a very simple, breezy RPG. Yeah. Um... As far as, like, I, I keep trying... Like, I'm a big fan of basically every bad PS1 RPG. So, like, story time, when I was, you know, when I, when the PS1 was the system to have, was, you know, also when my uh, RPG fandom went from nation to blooming into full flower. And thus, I played all of them. <laughs> and... and that's a mild exaggeration, but it's only a mild one. <laughs> like, if it was an RPG, I would play it sight unseen, because I loved RPGs, and that was the only thing I wanted to play. 
So, like, you know, that's where my Saga fandom came from, because I loved RPGs. I was going to understand this Saga Frontier game if it killed me. Like, and it didn't, somehow. So I <laughs> ended up loving Saga Frontier. And, like, it just, you know, it's like, you know, if you can name a bad PS1 RPG, chances are I came into contact with it, and there is some residual fondness in my brain for it. So it's like, oh, yeah, sure, I played t- plenty of Guardians Crusade. I don't think it's very good, but I played a ton of it. Uh, I don't even know what that is. Uh, that's a. I think it was made by like Tamsoft or someone. Oh, it's uh, it's a really really simplistic RPG. It was originally called Night and Baby in Japan, <laughs> and you, it's it's weird. It's weird. I'm just gonna call it weird. Oh sweet, I was right. It was made by Tamsoft. Oh, nice. You probably never even remember hearing of. Uh, that sounds vaguely familiar. They made a lot of simple 2000 games. <laughs> You've never heard of those. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I, you know, I played all of the RPGs for PS1, and I know the ins and outs of all of the bad ones. I know why my Digimon would not pay attention to anything I had to say. I know everything in these stupid games. Man, Digimon, uh, I've still never played any of those. Uh, don't? That I can recall. Digimon World 1 has this bizarre nostalgic cult, and it's one of the worst RPGs I've ever played. <laughs> um, just because, like, uh, even once you understand the systems, it's still frustrating, because you're still running into the Tamagotchi problem of your Digimon might poop itself to death. <laughs> <laughs> and also, that due to the way that intelligence works when a Digimon is low intelligence, it can't actually interpret your instructions. Oh, dear. Which is logical, but so infuriating that it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I, I get that it makes sense that, oh, my Digimon is so stupid it can't tell what I'm telling it to do, but that doesn't change the fact that I'm incredibly angry at the fact that it, I'm shouting orders <laughs> at it in real time and it's doing nothing. Oh, man. But... Yeah, like, you know, if if you guys want, I can expound on a favorite terrible RPG from the PS1 era for months at this rate. Like, <laughs> I guess I'll end out on one of my other personal favorite not-great games, Wild Arms 2, which, oh, by all logical standards, is, aside from being balls-out insane, not a terribly good or even that interesting of a game, except that I love it with all of my heart and soul. <laughs> And, like, its translation is so bad in certain areas that it's, like, abstract art. Like, you get to the point where Liz and Ard, like, these these two lizard men, Liz and Ard, are, like, shouting at you about how they're going to defeat you, and Liz is talking in broken Japanese haiku language that's being translated as directly as possible into English... It, it's so surreal, it becomes amazing. <laughs> and then, somehow, somehow, you reach a point where the game almost feels like it's self-aware of this, because, like, I'm going to spoil, like, my favorite joke in the entire game, which is, you're, you're, this is another scene with this quirky pair of mini-bosses, Liz and Ard. They're not important, they just keep showing up. But you run into them, and one of the, and Liz starts, like expounding on how he used to be like a human scientist that that did some sort of experiment that turned him and Ard into lizards and he's just trying to find the cure and then your party's like is that true and he's like of course not we've always been lizard men then runs away what (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) i don't understand i love (laughs) what 
Why? But I love it. It sounds like the worst game ever made. It's not. It's like it has the Wild West trappings of Wild Arms 1, but with the addition of ridiculous Power Rangers transformations. <laughs> All right. Well, so yeah, there's there's my games that I know not a lot of people like, but I adore them with all my heart. If you guys want to hear any more of these, just ask, and I will start shouting out more <laughs> uh, PS1 RPGs I dumped way too much time into to not become Stockholm Syndrome with. Well, there is one PS1 game I want to talk about, because I, I think it still has some haters, but it's definitely not a bad game, and that would be Legend of Mana. Oh, man, yeah. That, well, that, that's that got the Kawazu clause. Yeah, it's true. Kawazu. Um, <laughs> but that was just like this beautiful storybook type mana game with a real open-ended nature to it uh, that I can perfectly understand people not understanding because I remember playing it back then and being like, what, what is this? I don't it's understand this game at all. In retrospect. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, that's, that's just a really good game. I just think, um, just because of what series it's in, people approach it with the wrong sort of mindset. But yeah. Play Legend of Mana. Go on with an open mind. Highly recommend it. It's a wonderful game. Yeah, it's, right. it's also gorgeous. <coughs> if nothing else, you get to look at very, very pretty art. Yes. Uh, Alright, so should we move on to his next question before we yeah, start remembering the second half how... of the Budai yeah. duet? Because we could remember old weird games forever uh, and I and I know some variation of that might have been asked so I'll ask something completely different just in case does censorship in games bother either of you? A lot of NES and SNES had small censorship moments but are there any bigger ones or even those that you didn't like? or if you don't mind it tell us why I'm, I'm cool with banana smugglers yeah, okay, that's there there's one of those ones where it's like opium smugglers are boring, banana smugglers are amazing. Yes. But like like beyond that, as a general rule, one, these censorship attempts were always super clumsy. Yeah. Uh like I, I don't as long as what am I trying to say here? If you see a banana smuggler, you know it's something else. Unless you're like yeah, because no one smuggles bananas. Yeah, unless <laughs> unless you're really young and maybe even then, it, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, if it, like it is a censorship job so poor that it becomes almost the joke itself. <laughs> yeah. So unless... But but like even even moving into more modern things, like people say censorship and. I get where they're coming from because it is, in fact, you know, censoring something out in order to try to appeal to a different demographic. But the the point I would make is that more often, like, you know, a lot of times they aren't really censoring out anything big. Like, if something got cut, it's usually because, you know, it was more expensive to translate than it was worth. Yeah. See, also, like, the the host club managing in Yakuza 3 is a uh, is a prime offender of that where they cut it because like you know they, they'd already done it this wasn't like something that they couldn't they didn't think they could get away with it was just like eh, do we want to bother yeah. and then you'll get things that are like oh we've you know changed the outfits 
for bravely default characters slightly, and it's like qualitatively, there's no real difference here. Yeah. And I can understand being irked on a primal level by the fact that they felt the need to change it, but it's also like they changed tons of things just by virtue of like they're localizing things, and part of localizing yeah. is trying to tailor the product as much as possible to what the new audience is going to want. Yeah. Is going to want or could be potentially offended by. Yeah, like, you know. You you kick up a you kick up a storm and then suddenly it's like, well, we're gonna have trouble releasing the next one of these if we want to. Yeah, and and I mean if you look in Japan, I'm sure there's a lot of violence that we wouldn't bash bat not bash, bat and I had that has been censored there. So Yeah, like like to to bring up a example that comes to the top of my head, the original version of I think it's No More Heroes 1 ha- was censored heavily in order to avoid violence because, you know, it's it's a bigger deal there. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's it's just... You tailor it to, to the audience. You want the audience to enjoy the experience. Right. And you like, want... I, I, I guess my point is that I've never seen a censorship attempt uh, when bringing something to the U.S. that made something actively worse. Right. It's about... Like... It's about appealing to the market and, well, really making it, um, in some cases, maybe even, it might be the only way you could even sell it in that market. Yeah, like, this was a bigger concern, unlike the SNES, and they still usually found ways to make it work, or else they just didn't release things here. Yeah. (coughs) So, like, I guess if if censorship has ever bothered me, it's because it meant that we missed something entirely, rather than had something mildly changed in a finished product. right. It's like, but, you know, it's it's just, it's pretty much never been something that made a huge qualitative difference in the final product. Like, I remember there was a mini uproar, like, eight years back when uh, Final Fantasy VI Advance came out because they actually censored one scene in there that was not censored in the SNES version, which was, like... Celeste getting interrogated and her getting slapped, which apparently was censored out of the Japanese version due to a recent string of uh, high-profile instances of violence against women, and it's just like, yeah, like, the game isn't really made qualitatively worse because some because it missed out on some pixel slapping. Yeah, and I honestly, I didn't even notice that when I played the advanced version. Yeah, like, I remember some people getting into an uproar about it, and like, I, I feel like there's often this fear of censorship that is much more pervasive than censorship itself. I remember when Final Fantasy Tactics The War of the Lions first came out, I made the infinite amusement uh, choice of going to the GameFAQs board for it and saw someone raging against the heavens at the idea that they had changed the line Blame Yourself for God. Not because the line Blame Yourself for God was funny, but because they felt that it constituted censorship. <laughs> they felt that this new translation was so afraid of offending religious people that they had removed the phrase, blame yourself for God. Okay. So, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta take everything in its proper context, and I, like, I'm sure if, if there's a situation where something was made qualitatively worse due to the belief that, like, people in the West could not take it, then... You know that I can understand being miffed about, but like I've never really been a fan of anything that it ever really touched. So. Yeah, 
Um, I'm wondering if there's any specific thing this was referencing, but I don't think so. Uh, the only, like, in terms of recent stuff, all I can think of is, like, Criminal Girls had, like, its punishment system censored heavily. Uh, one of the Archinelico games might have gotten censored at some point because of the uh, bathing parts. Maybe. I know there's some people, there's some group that has some issues with the uh, localization of that series in general, but I, th- I don't I don't think that had to do with censorship so much as uh, not doing quality a great... Control. Not necessarily quality control, but trying to insert humor that wasn't actually intended to be there, I think was the issue. But yeah, like, you know, if if there is something <laughs> more specific, I I would be interested in cogitating upon, you know, sure. uh, uh, more specific examples where something could be said to have drastically affected the quality of the product, but... I would say in in most of these cases, it's generally going to be like, um, it probably wouldn't... And almost a completely null difference. Yeah. And maybe for some of the more serious stuff, like the Criminal criminal Girls thing, it the game may not have even come out over here without It definitely change. would not have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it, it would be logically assumed that there was not a large enough market to justify it, so yeah. censored in order to create a market for it. Yeah. So, long story short, it doesn't really make a difference. Or at least it has yet to do so in any real fashion since, like, the SNES era, yeah. so... Not a big deal, and really, censorship is probably the wrong word to begin with. Yeah. Alright. Alright, so let's move on to the last question, which is going to be me uh, raging against Nam- Namco Bandai, or Bandai Namco. I, what, what, which one is it now? I, I can never remember. I think, I think Bandai moved its name to the front, but I'm okay. not sure. I can never remember, because they just switched it recently. Yeah, they did just switch it so that it is now Bandai Namco. Okay, all right. So Bandai Namco. So, <coughs> for anyone that doesn't know, who, who may have never heard of the God Eaters series, so it's a, a really cool. Monster you never read clone. the question. I didn't actually read the question. Okay. No, you didn't. Oh, and this is from uh, staff member Alex, aka Severin Mira. I think that's how you pronounce it. That's as far as I could tell. Okay. What is wrong with people that is causing Bamco to give us Sword Art Online, but no God Eater? Um, so, I think there's a few things at play here. For starters, uh, so God Eater is this Monster Hunter clone series that's really good. Not as good as Monster Hunter, but as close as you can get. Um, and very anime-influenced. So, the first one was a PSP game, which obviously never did all, all that well here. Um, yeah, it so was a PSP game in like 2011. Yeah. So the second one came out and was originally PSP, Vita, PSP and Vita. Um, and then they did a second version of the sequel, which was Vita and PS4. Um, but that's still yet to make its way across the West. But we've gotten plenty of Sword Art Online and um, 
uh, my best guess is they're already doing like localizations for those in English for the Asian market, and they're kind of just throwing them out there's here a, too. Well, well, too. There's also like a cult market for it because that the, too. Yeah, uh, among the among the anime crowd, sort of was a kind of a big deal a year or so ago. So did that was that like officially released in the U.S. the anime? Uh, I know that it was officially streamed. I okay. Don't know if it got DVDs. Let me check. But like it, it there was an official way to consume it in English. Yeah. So so there's already like a pre-built interest for that. I would say. Yeah. Um, uh. Yep. There are DVDs. I think it might even be dubbed. Yeah. Um, okay. So I mean, as cool as God God Eater is, um, it's kind of a harder sell. Especially, it's also it, worth noting that the uh, the Sword Art game was kind of infamous for using an almost machine translation. Yeah, I think they patched it a bit, but yeah. But but still, like when they released it, the it was the budget on that translation must have been like shoestring. Yeah. And I don't know that they're gonna. They would want to do that with God Eater, which is a pretty big series for them in Japan. Um, but I mean, that's getting an anime. So, and also a, a remake if of the that first, anime takes off. Yeah, and they're also they're remaking the first game, which seems a bit too soon. Unless it's, it might just be like an H. Okay. It, might, it might just be like an HD update. I don't know. But remember when Capcom ported Monster Hunter One to the Wii? <laughs> 2010. I know because you own that. I do, <laughs> and it plays just like the PS2 version, except you can use the good controls instead of the awful original PS2 controls. But that's a that's yeah. a whole different topic. Monster Hunter's uh, Monster Hunter's bad camera controls date back to the PS2 version's decision to map all attacking to the right analog stick. Yeah, that was really bad. <laughs> but um, so yeah, back to the topic at hand. Um, I can't really explain now that it's on PS4 and Vita why God Eater 2 hasn't made its way across because uh, I mean we got Tweakadin, Tukadin, Tweakadin, Tokiden, Tokiden. Uh, when that came out to Vita and PS4, uh, so there seems to be a market for God Eater. I don't know. Um, it, it could also be that like every single hunting game that comes here, up to and including Monster Hunter itself, is still at least a little niche. Yeah. So uh, there could be the presumption that they are saturating a somewhat limited market. It could be, and it could also be that with the the anime coming out, they may want to say they they might try tying the two in if yeah. uh, if the anime manages to make any sort of inroads here. Exactly. I, I think they've done that in the past because I remember the uh, the Tales of the Abyss 3DS release came out relatively around the same time that the uh, anime started coming out in the U.S. It, it may not have been exact, but it was pretty close. <laughs> um, yeah, like, man, that was a good port too. I like that game. Yeah, it's a good port, and that was act- that was actually a really good anime too. <laughs> Unfortunately, subbed only, but it it really good. Follows the the story of the game pretty close. Yeah, really if you good. if you don't have time for the game, you can go ahead and watch the anime and yeah. not feel like you missed that much, except for some good battles. Yeah. Uh, so 
if if none of those are the reason, then I get nothing. You know? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that go into localization decisions, and like, I think that's that's always what makes them so frustrating is that like, yeah. local localization or lack thereof can be such a it can be a process with so little transparency that it's like, you know, it's easy to cook up like, why isn't this happening? And that's like, well, yeah, it's because they've got like 800 reasons behind the scenes that they don't feel like talking about yeah. because they devalue the brand wherever it's popular. Exactly. So, and I think that creates all these weird fan, fan like conspiracy series and just general anger and resentment and whatnot. Yeah, that we have been guilty of as well ourselves. Oh, for sure. But when when you're frustrated about something not coming out, it can be really easy to not think about like they're a business and they have to make money or (laughs) else uh, they will die. Frustration does not breed logic. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But I, I think I've been pretty level-headed about this one. Like, yeah, I, no. I, I understand. You are as we are usually for Dragon Quest, which yeah. is to quietly beg and <laughs> acknowledge yeah. that it might not happen. But in the case of this one, I, I mean, I already uh, I'm playing the Japanese version, and I mostly play the series for the action, so I'm pretty good. You can at... get through mostly without the uh, yeah without the text if you have to. But it's always nicer when you can read. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that wraps, brings us to the end of things here. Um, a lot of why won't you localization, what, I can't talk today. A lot of why won't you localize this in this episode. It's kind of been a running theme of the past few years because, well, when sales go down, niches die. Yeah. But I I think it's easy to remember or easy to forget. See, I can't talk tonight. Ah. Yeah. Well, you've had a lot on your plate. So it's we'll true. Yeah. What I what I meant to say is, I think it's easy to forget just how many games we are getting localized, and yeah. how many like weird ones you wouldn't expect. Like Legend, think about Legend like... of Legacy. Think about Legend of Legacy coming here and just or, rejoice. Or compare like say it's a little more than 10 years ago at this point when was nocturne it was like late 2004 maybe early 2005 uh like before that the idea of getting literally every single shin megami tensei game they released in japan mm-hmm. to always and let like barring the most extraordinary circumstance that was eternal punishment portable like getting every single one of those sight unseen without even having to think about it yeah. Like, think about how different a world that is. Oh, yeah. And here's another one. Just think about Monster Hunter. About how, uh, you know, worried we were, and, you know, is this series ever going to do anything? And just, man, look at it now. I have no worry. I I have zero worries about the next Monster Hunter coming westward. Yeah, I, I, I fully expect Monster yeah. Hunter Cross to be local. Well, I mean, because this, this one did over a million in the West, and that's thinking back a few years ago that's just nuts yeah like as tough as it might be like you know we we still probably have it better we still not even probably definitely have it better than we did long ago because not only do all of these get translated they all get translated well yeah (laughs) and we're getting we're getting falcom games 
and yeah. we actually get Falcon sometimes. Yeah. Like how crazy is that? Though, even though X Seed is like eating itself to death trying to get them for us, <laughs> they're still doing it. Yes. So that's that would be my advice. Keep keep your mind on the positives. I understand frustrations with the negatives, but there's a lot to be positive about. And don't stop believing. Exactly. And hold on to that yeah. feeling. Just remember that uh, uh, to vote with your dollars as far as what types of games you want. It's yeah, like the if, best if thing I could say. Yeah, like you know, if it's not your favorite entry in your franchise, like you know. I, I get that, and I get not wanting to spend money on that, but realize that when when you see something in your favorite niche franchise, and you're just like, oh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Like there there is to some degree, it's like you need to make sure that they know that there's still a market at all. Every sale matters. In terms when you of get it, when you're getting down to the things that we care about, every yeah. sale matters. Every sale matters. You know. Um. So just remember that. And remember, I say as I purchase every Ace Attorney product in existence. <laughs> yes, and for the love of God, do not skip out on a niche product you're interested in because it's ten dollars more. Not going to say any more beyond that. That's all I'm saying. Daikyaku, I just came out in Japan. Please get renounced in the U.S. <laughs> oh, can only hope. All right, so I think that about wraps things up for this week. Um send us questions in the various normal ways to post on the forum thread for this episode uh, tweet us at askwheels or fanboymaster um, use the ask.fm that no one has ever used to send questions to the show uh, e- email me at wheels at rpgamer.com or uh, wait there's no or that was all the that's all the that is all the way. That's all, folks. That's all. We will see you next time. Um and I think I will be using some Dragon Quest music for this episode, so please enjoy. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs>